Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. And here we go again. Hey, folks, and welcome to our midweek podcast. This is the Miller Frost Show. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined, as always, by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. And I hope you folks are having a grand gay old time so far this week. I know that if your name is Andy Kumo, I suspect not so much for you. I'm sure that you're having something of a bad week, (laughs) to say the very least. And no, I suspect it has absolutely nothing to do with the fact that your younger brother, Fredo, is a complete loser. If Fredo were my younger brother, man, I would have a crappy week every week. But thankfully, that is not the case. I do wonder, though, White Boy Malcolm X, I wonder exactly how much longer Fredo Kumo is going to have his gig, his cushy gig, over at CNN. I can't imagine that CNN is going to want to keep paying for that nepotism hire when the brother is no longer governor of New York. Besides which, CNN, they still have plenty of drama queens over there. They got Jake Tapper, that hysterical drama queen. You've got, God, I can never remember that loser's name. Folks, you know who I'm talking about. The one that looks like a creepy version of George Costanza. Whatever his name is, I just picture that guy in a trench coat, hands in his pockets, standing by the fence at an elementary school. Just my opinion, folks, but that is how I see that weirdo, whatever his name is, Creepy George Costanza. And of course, folks, they've got the queen of hysterical drama queens, Anderson Cooper, Miss Cooper. She alone is enough of a drama queen to satisfy any network's desire to have one on the air. But no, not CNN. They've got a whole lineup of drama queens. They can actually afford to kick Fredo to the curb. They will still have more than enough drama queens to fill in the gap. Yes, White Boy Malcolm X, I am procrastinating just a hair. And if you folks are out there going, Well, Miller, Miller, why are you procrastinating? What's going on? Well, since White Boy Malcolm X brought it up, I'm not going to get into it just this second, but I'll go ahead and give you folks a, a little bit of a tease. How's that? At some point in this podcast, hopefully a short podcast, White Boy Malcolm X, it's Wednesday, 30 minutes or less. But anyway, I have to, at some point during this podcast, I have to apologize to all the bisexuals out there, all the bisexuals that I have been calling lazy bisexuals. And why have I been calling them lazy bisexuals? Folks, the reason I call them lazy bisexuals is because they're kind of lazy. They have no standards. They will do anyone. That is why I call them lazy bisexuals. And we have been kind of having some fun with a couple of the more famous bisexuals out there. We've got the, what's that ginger kid's name, White Boy Malcolm X? If they're ginger, folks, White Boy Malcolm X, He knows their name. Not that there's a fetish going on or anything, but sir, what's that ginger kid's name? Larry Saperstein. (laughs) That's right. Larry Saperstein. He is a ginger. And folks, when we say ginger, 
here on the Miller Frost Show, that is not a pejorative. We mean that as a high compliment. Well, White Boy Malcolm X does, but anyway, we've been picking on him. Man, we have really been picking on Ronan Rubenstein. He's on some show, some uh, EMT firefighter show based out of Austin. I'm sure there's lots of good eye candy on that show, but we have been giving Ronan Rubenstein a lot of grief on this podcast for being a lazy bisexual. We picked on uh, Michaela Kennedy Kumo, Michaela Kumo Kennedy, however the hell she orders those names. Although, now that I think about it, I bet that she will drop Kumo right out of that name. She'll just go by Michaela Kennedy moving forward. If you thought the Kennedys were kind of sleazy, man, the Kumo family. There aren't near as many Kumos out there, but man, what they got, they put the Kennedys to shame. Technically, she's a pansexual, but what is a pansexual, folks? A pansexual is nothing more than a snooty bisexual. Same damn thing, a distinction without difference. And I would mention Demi Lovato, but she's already done with that reboot. She's on to non-binary funky pronouns by now. I think I did say something at some point when she came out. I don't know. It was Demi reboot one or two. She came out as bisexual, I think at some point. I can't keep track of all these celebrities and their reboots. So I assume she stopped for now with just being non-binary funky pronoun type. But I will get to my apology in due course. There, white boy Malcolm X, is that sufficiently teased for you, sir? Okay, just check it. So let's go ahead and jump into our news headlines. This first one is from Business Insider. How Jen Psaki, man, that is a last name that is from plosive hell, Psaki. So I apologize, folks, if I am blowing out this microphone left and right talking about this chick. So let's try that again. How Jen Psaki can cash in on her White House experience. Does anyone out there need this explained to them how Jen Ginger Psaki can make huge bank after she leaves creepy Uncle Joe the hair sniffer? How the ruling class, the swamp monsters, take care of their own? Is there anyone left in this country who doesn't understand that arrangement? God help us, White Boy Malcolm X, if someone is yelling at this podcast, Well, Miller, I have no idea how these people go from government into the private sector and make huge bank. Folks, trust me, they've been doing this a really, really, really long time. They got that down pat. I have no doubt, folks, that she will have a book deal. Maybe two. Who knows? Probably not like Megan McCain's book. Any book that Megan McCain writes, that is going to be a coloring book. <laughs> I suspect that Jen has a couple more oars in the water, so to speak. She can probably write a real book, or at least have someone write it for her, where no one's going, hmm, did she really write that book? Book deals are kind of common in the swamp. She'll probably get some cushy job at a lobbying firm. She won't have to do too much, folks. She just has to pop by the office every so often, bring her Rolodex with her. That's pretty much her job description. Show up from time to time, bring your Rolodex. Done. She'll easily make six figures. If she wants to hang out in D.C., don't you worry, folks. She'll still be able to afford something over in Georgetown. And if the book deal and the cushy job at the lobbying firm, if they're not enough, they'll probably toss in a couple of board seats on some woke company's board of directors. All that entails is dialing in or showing up to some fancy resort a couple times a year for a board of directors meeting, voting like they want you to vote, cashing your check. That's pretty much all that job entails. So don't you folks worry about Jen Psaki. She'll be just fine, just like the rest of them in the swamp. 
This next one is from Tow Road. Well, it's kind of old news at this point. Here, I'll give you the headline anyway. The inner circle that kept Andrew Cuomo governor faces scrutiny. HRC investigates leaders' involvement. HRC, no, it is not Hillary Rodham Clinton. Thankfully, we have not heard from Hillary in quite some time. My prayers have been answered. Please, sweet baby Jesus, please, 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 please make that evil witch go away. Sweet baby Jesus came through for me yet again. Anyway, HRC is the human rights campaign, which, as a random aside, is our favorite professional gay organization here on the Frost Show. Why are they our favorite? I don't know. Someone has to be. Might as well be them. They, though, they have a president. His name is Alfonso David. Alfonso David was apparently part of the Mean Girls clique that protected Andrew Cuomo when some woman would come out and say, That man is a grabby pervert. He touched me inappropriately. His job, well, speaking of Hillary Clinton, his job, allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, was to help trash these women. See, speaking of Hillary Clinton. So just like Paula Jones and Juanita Broderick for Bill Clinton, Alfonso David and some other mean girls would go after those women who were accusing Andy Cuomo there of being a little grabby handsy. I'm sure Andy was thinking, man, if I want to get this job done right, I need to get myself a bitchy queen to do it for me. Let's face it, folks. No one is bitchier than a cocktail-swirling professional gay. Those queens, those queens, they know how to get the job done right. But now, especially since Andy resigned, now Alfonso is in a little bit of trouble. Anyone and everyone who was part of Andy's Mean Girls clique, they are going to get a bit of a reckoning at some point. Although, White Boy Malcolm X, Alfonso David, he does check a lot of boxes. He is, he is capital B black, folks. He is not fake black like White Boy Malcolm X. This guy is capital B black. He's real black. He's also, he's also a queen. That queen who happens to be capital B black, that is a lot of boxes checked off. Speaking of which, though, random aside, sorry, folks, White Boy Malcolm X, we have not had queens with clipboards on this podcast in quite some time. Find out where those silly queens and their clipboards are. We need to bring them back for Sunday's podcast. Anyway, this is going to be this is going to be a really interesting one to keep an eye out for, folks. If they decide to toss Alfonso David to the curb, he's got a couple cards to play. He can call a lot of names to those folks over at the Human Rights Campaign. Those queens over there are like, ah, oh, Jesus Christmas, we have got to get rid of this guy, but he is going to scream bloody murder if we try. Kind of like my boyfriend when his credit card got declined at Saks Fifth Avenue. That girl screeched from one side of Manhattan to the other. Oh, it was dreadful. It's going to be like that, folks. So we'll just have to keep an eye out for the cat fighting that's about to happen over at HRC. Alfonso, you girls over there, have fun with all that. From Fox Business, Woman sues McDonald's after burger ad compelled her to break Lent fast. So this Russian chick, Ksenia, man, I am going to butcher this name six ways to Sunday. Ksenia, K-S-E-N-I-A. Ksenia, Ksenia, if you're out there, I might be making fun of you, but not about your name. If I butcher your name, sweetheart, it is completely not on purpose. Of Chinnikova, I think, I hope, I pray. Ksenia of Chinnikova. Whatever. It is as it is. This chick is claiming that that McDonald's hamburger was calling out to her, eat me, eat me, eat me. And folks, she cannot resist the siren song of the McDonald's hamburger. And she is suing McDonald's, folks. 
I hope you're sitting down for this amount. She is suing them for a thousand rubles. If you're out there going, man, Mila, a thousand rubles. That's excessive. That's way too much money. Folks, you clearly do not have a currency converter on your phone. A thousand rubles is about $14 at today's rates. She is suing McDonald's for $14 because a cheeseburger spoke to her, said, Eat me, eat me, eat me. Who sues McDonald's for $14 over a cheeseburger? Now, granted, it was a cheeseburger calling out to her, Eat me, eat me, eat me. But still, who would sue McDonald's for $14? Folks, I googled this chick's name and I have absolutely no idea who she is. White Boy Malcolm X, any guesses from you, sir? Who would sue McDonald's over a lusty cheeseburger and only ask for $14? Millennial. You think it's a millennial. Or Gen Z. I know, they're kind of interchangeable. Even if there's a little banter between the two groups, Gen Z loves to mock millennials, folks, but that is a story for another day. Millennial is a safe bet, sir. She very well could be, but I, I don't think so. No, I do not. I'm getting to that. Settle down over there. You just sit there and look pretty. Well, as best you can at your age. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, folks. That is how white boy Malcolm X and I, that is how we banter. I, here's my theory, sir. I don't think it's a millennial for two reasons. Number one, $14. That's all she's asking for. A millennial Gen Z kid, they're kind of lazy. They don't want to work too hard. If they work at all, they want a promotion inside of six months, if that. They are not just asking for $14. A millennial Gen Z kid, a typical millennial Gen Z kid. Yes, folks, I know there are exceptions. I got that. But your typical millennial Gen Z kid, they're going to ask for like $100 million, something really outlandish like that. They want a huge payout so they never have to work again. They can pretend to adult as they bounce from God knows where to God knows where to God knows where, burning through McDonald's payout money over a stupid, lusty cheeseburger. That's reason number one why I don't think it's a millennial Gen Z kid. Number two, this chick, Ksenia, whatever her last name is, I am not going to try to pronounce that again. She is Orthodox Christian. That's the reason she sued, because it was during Lent, and the lusty cheeseburger was talking to her. Kind of like Satan. Similar temptation, but it wasn't Satan, it was a cheeseburger. Unless Satan was working through the cheeseburger, but she ate the cheeseburger, we'll never know. Millennials, Gen Z kids, they're not what I would call a really religious set of people. Being religious to a millennial Gen Z kid, that's like being heterosexual. It's for losers. Remember when we were talking about Michaela Kennedy? I bet she's already dropped the Kumo from her name. She was yapping on, yap, 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 about her liberal bubble and how nobody wanted to be hetero. Hetero was for losers. That's why they're all like, oh, I'm a pansexual. Oh, I'm non-binary. My pronouns are easier are. Her whole group of friends, this little douchebag group of hers, nobody could be heterosexual because that's meh. That's, that's for losers. That's what religion is. If they're religious, white boy Malcolm X, they're going to be like Buddhist or Hindu, something the kids see as edgy and fashionable. Yes, folks, I do know it's cultural appropriation for these stupid white people to run around going, oh, I'm a Buddhist. Yes, I totally get that. We'll deal with that later. So that, white boy Malcolm X, those are the two reasons I don't think it's a millennial Gen Z kid. What I think, I do have an alternative theory, sir. What I think is that we have here a case of Madonna syndrome. Yes, Madonna syndrome. That's what I'm calling it. Madonna syndrome, folks, that is when you really, really, really crave a huge amount 
of media attention. You just want to get your name out there. Ksenia, she sues McDonald's for $14. She is on every newswire in the world. Her name is out there. She got a huge amount of attention just for suing McDonald's for $14 over a lusty cheeseburger. Madonna syndrome is named after Madonna, the singer. I ain't going to call her an actress. I don't want to insult the profession. But Grandma Madonna, that chick, she really does crave attention. I'm sure Britney Spears is like, Jesus Christmas, why is Grandma Madonna sticking herself in the middle of my situation? Ksenia, when she wants attention, she just sues McDonald's. Grandma Madonna, no, she's not going to do that. She goes on Instagram and yaps on. Yap, 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 yap. We just had on our Sunday podcast someone else who was suffering from Madonna syndrome. We had, folks, Rosanna Arquette. Some of you millennial Gen Z kids out there probably going, who the heck is Rosanna Arquette? That is how low her career has sunk. Millennials, Gen Z, no idea who she is. They're too lazy to look her up on IMDb. So she will continue to go unknown to them. But Rosanna Arquette, for those of you who remember Rosanna Arquette, she, on Sunday's podcast, she was yapping on. Yap, 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 yap. She was yapping on about fascist dictators and <gasps> white supremacists. Hiding about, lurking in the shadows. Another one with Madonna syndrome having to get her name out there. I suspect... Between me and you folks, I suspect to try to reboot her career. Oh, look at me. I'm woke. I'm wonderful. Please give me another job. So that's my theory, sir. This woman, Ksenia, blah, 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 whatever her last name is. She is suffering from Madonna syndrome. Thoughts, sir? Well, no, you cannot. <laughs> you cannot argue with that one, sir. On that, I am spot on. So, Ksenia, you have fun suing McDonald's. For $14. I hope and pray that the next time a juicy cheeseburger starts to call out to you, eat me, eat me, eat me, you find the willpower deep down inside to avoid it. The last thing we need is another repeat of this hot mess. From Breitbart, Nike CEO, we haven't been more vocal on China's abuses because China's a very important market. So the CEO of Nike, and that's woke Nike, folks, not just Nike. Nike CEO, John Donahoe. I'm assuming, I could be wrong, folks, but I am assuming that John is pretty woke himself. He's running one of the most woke companies out there. He's got to be pretty woke. But John was on CNBC's closing bell, and they asked him, Hey, John, you are running woke Nike. Why have you not been more vocal on human rights in China? And I know, folks, I'm a little surprised they asked him that as well. I bet if you watch that video really close, I bet you can see daggers, little tiny daggers shooting right out of his eyes at whatever idiot dare to ask him that question. So John answers the question, and John said that Nike participates in sports all over the world, including China. They want to sell Nike products in China, and the only way to do that is to keep their mouth closed. The Chinese get really, really, really butthurt, really butthurt, if you start pointing out all their little how they treat their people. The last thing a communist dictator wants to hear is about how he's abusing his people. He knows that already. He doesn't need some idiot over at Nike pointing that out. That's the fun of being a communist dictator. Why do you think that family, that demented family in North Korea, why do you think they're always having a grand gay old time? Because they're communist dictators. They can shoot whoever they want. They can lock away whoever they want. Hell, if you piss them off enough, they'll go after you and your family. There is no end to the amount of fun that a communist dictator can have. Part of that fun is never having to hear the word no, and the other part is never having to hear any criticism of what you're doing. 
If someone criticizes you, have them shot in the head and then bill the family for the bullet. That is the life, the wonderful life of Xi Jinping. So I kind of get why John said it, even if he comes off as a bit of a fraud because he's supposed to be running this woke company. I thought being woke was speaking truth to power, trying to tear down existing systems and structures. But not if it's China, apparently, and not if they can make huge bank selling Nike crap to the Chinese. But then John kind of screwed up. After he stated that, which I think most people, most realists can go, eh, okay, you're annoying, but I get it. Then he has to brag about what a great company woke Nike is. And he said, folks, that woke Nike has a very responsible global supply chain. Of course, the first question that comes to my mind is, is that what John Donahoe over at Woke Nike, is that what he calls the Uyghur slaves in Xinjiang province? You know, folks, the Uyghur slaves that pick cotton to make shoes for black NBA players. Is that Nike's very responsible global supply chain? I would assume that's what he meant, but I could totally be wrong about that. They may have other arrangements with other despots around the world to make their shoes, make their clothes, whatever the hell else they put their label on. Face it, John. Just be honest with yourself. You're a money whore and an apologist for China. Just like the woke NBA, just like woke Apple, and all those other good woke companies who get in bed with the Chinese to make huge bank. That is what you are when you just boil it down succinctly. As bad as woke Nike is, though, folks, the woke NBA, all things being relative, they're the biggest bunch of frauds out there. Worse even than Nike and Apple, at least until Apple starts doing the bidding of the communist Chinese, starts searching the iCloud accounts of Chinese nationals just because the communist Chinese need a little bit of help finding their dissidents. But until then, the NBA... Biggest bunch, hands down. The woke NBA has capital B black players in there who wear slave labor tennis shoes. They spend a huge amount of time hating on America publicly. They ain't going to do it in private, folks. If they're going to trash America, they're getting on Twitter. They're getting on Facebook. Just like Grandma Madonna, they'll get on Instagram to trash America. And then they'll fly to China and whore themselves out over there. John, at least, I suspect he remains in the U.S. when he's whoring himself to China. Not the NBA. They all fly over there, play games, whore themselves out, collect huge bank. Just like, well, all the other good woke folk out there. Woke folks, that is, at its core, all about the Benjamins. Show them the Benjamins. That is why all the good woke folk have all the really nice houses in town come to do good, and have done very, very well indeed. So good luck with that, John. Good luck with all that. Good luck out there, you woke folk. Enjoy your slave labor money. From the Washington Post, we tried 20 store-bought mac and cheese brands to determine which is the best and absolute worst. So Jeff Bezos' pet newspaper, The Washington Post. Folks, if you go to The Washington Post website, if you buy one of their crappy newspapers, they have right there in the banner, Democracy Dies in Darkness. That place, ever since Watergate, probably before, but we all knew about it after Watergate, after All the King's Men, the movie came out. That place is filled to the brim with insufferable douchebags. Probably not as bad as the New York Times, but they're really close. I would say it's within the margin of error. But the Washington Post, Jeff Bezos' pet newspaper, the champions of democracy, the beacon of democracy, so to speak, they they sent some dopey reporter out to buy 20 store-bought mac and cheese brands, taste them all, and write a news article about it. The writer for this, her name is Maura Judkis. I think I'm pronouncing that right, Maura. If not, I apologize for massacring your name if that's what I did. But Maura, 
white by Malcolm X. I would ask you to guess what Moore is, what demographic she's in, but but I suspect you'd say millennial and you'd be right. Of course, it would be a millennial writing about store-bought mac and cheese, even for Jeff Bezos' pet newspaper where they hold the torch because democracy dies in darkness. So more, bless your heart, dear. Bless, bless, bless your heart for drawing the short straw for having to do this assignment. She's probably one of these dopey millennial chicks, went to some fancy school, paid six figures for her journalism degree. I mean, she does get to brag. Oh, I work at the Washington Post. I work at one of the most elite newspapers in the country, in the world. Democracy dies in darkness. That's our mantra. We're a pet newspaper of Jeff Bezos. She can yap on like that. Yap, 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 yap. Bragging about working for the Washington Post. I'm sure she's praying though. Please, sweet baby Jesus. Please, 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 please. Please make sure nobody asks me what I'm writing over at the Washington Post. Because what's her answer going to be? People are going to ask, oh, are you writing about COVID? Are you writing about Creepy Uncle Joe the Hair Sniffer? Hey, are you going to write an article about Andy Cuomo resigning from the New York governorship? She's going to be like, uh, no, I'm not going to write about any of those. But I did write a really interesting article. We tested, we tested 20 store-bought mac and cheese brands and we ranked them all. At this point, I am going to apologize right here, right now, for mocking those clowns over at Vulture.com. Remember, folks, those idiots over at Vulture.com, they ranked 30-something Marvel villains by hotness. We all know that Loki won that one, hands down. No competition there. Thanos, not even close. But I mocked them for ranking Marvel villains by hotness. At the Washington Post, they're not even ranking something as cool as a Marvel villain. Well, they're cool if you're a virgin pajama boy living in your parents' basement, eyeing up that sex doll in the corner, playing with yourselves, your Pokemon cards, your Playstations, masturbating to Marvel films, freaking out your parents, freaking out the neighbors. It's cool to them, but a Marvel villain hotness ranking, that is worlds better than a mac and cheese ranking. You snooty morons over at the Washington Post. You're the idiots who bought mac and cheese and wrote about it. I don't want to see you folks turn your nose up at anything ever again after this one. And just for the record, folks, Velveeta shells and cheese, according to the Washington Post, they're the best boxed mac and cheese. The worst, Trader Joe's Wisconsin cheddar macaroni and cheese. Don't give me that look, white boy Malcolm X. I teased this long enough. People are out there going, Well, Miller, Miller, what are the best and worst mac and cheeses? We need to know. Folks, I'm doing it right now. Settle down. The best frozen mac and cheese, Joe's Diner mac and cheese from Trader Joe's. So Trader Joe's has the best and the worst. The worst frozen mac and cheese, Lean Cuisine Favorites mac and cheese. That makes total sense. Who wants to eat mac and cheese that's kind of diety? Yeah, that's disgusting. So you folks over at the Washington Post, have fun putting together your next list. I figured, White Boy Malcolm X, I figured they were so snooty over there, they'd be like, oh, the best hummus, something like that, or oh, the best couscous. They probably have already, but I am not going on their website if I don't have to. This next one is from Blaze Media. Menstrual equity bill would require California public schools to provide period products. Man, tons of plosives. Holy crap. I got to do that one again. Sorry, folks. Menstrual equity bill would require California public colleges to provide period products for transgender men, non-binary, and gender non-conforming people who may also menstruate. And I'm going to read that again because I'm sure some of you out there are going, what the what? Huh? Yeah, me too, folks. Let's try that again. Menstrual equity bill. And what do we say about equity, folks? Everyone equally miserable. Would require California public schools to provide period products for transgender men, non-binary, that's the funky pronoun, folks, and gender non-conforming people who may also menstruate. Basically, folks, 
Assemblymember Christina Garcia. She is, of course, a Democrat. She has introduced a bill, AB 367, and that is called the Menstrual Equity for All Act of 2021. This reminds me of that story we had about Illinois. They wanted to put these sort of products in the boys' room in their elementary schools, junior highs, and high schools. I can't believe that California is behind Illinois on this, but apparently that's the case. And I suspect, since this is California, this thing is going to pass with flying colors. Now, I hate to be a cynic here, and it may just be me, White by Malcolm X. If you think, sir, it's just me, you let me know, right? Okay. Even if it's called the Menstrual Equity for All Act of 2021, what are the odds that this is just a way for women to get free tampons? Hold on there, White by Malcolm X. They want to get free tampons. She's a Democrat. Democrats like free stuff. They want to get free tampons, but to go out and say, the government should be supplying us with free tampons. Even in California, people might be like, eh, not so sure about that. But this one was smart. She wants the free tampons, so she ropes in the transgenders, the non-binary folk, the gender non-conforming. How many of them do you think are in the California public school system that they need to hang these in all the boys' rooms or men's rooms, what have you? It can't be that many of them. Even in California, I'm sure they're a small subset of the population. I bet you folks, they're going to hang all these tampons in the boys' room and the men's room all over the school system. And you know what, folks? Not that I would say to put a camera in the bathroom, but if you did, you'd see a woman sneak in there, steal those tampons, and leave. And do you know why they'd have to sneak into the boys' room or the men's room to steal those tampons? Because the other women emptied them out of the girls' room and the women's room. They're already empty, so they got to go to the boys' room, the men's room, to steal them there. If I were, not that I am, but if I were transgender or non-binary, man, that would be frightening, White by Malcolm X. Me as non-binary. I would be such a pain in the ass with my pronouns, folks. I would come up with the most difficult pronouns, and I would club you over the head for not using them correctly. What you gonna say? Nothing, because I'll call you a bigot. Anyway. If I were trans or non-binary, I think I might be a little insulted. Yes, insulted, white boy Malcolm X. I would be like, what, you don't think I can manage to buy a tampon? I know folks that liberals think that nobody can do anything unless there's a government program to hand it to them. Tampon welfare, that makes sense to someone like Christina Garcia. But to loop in the transgender community, the non-binary community, To say, oh, we got to put these in all the boys' rooms, all the men's rooms, because it basically says, to me anyway, they can't figure out how to get a tampon unless the government puts it there for them to take for free. I know the women are just being cheap. They'd rather take that money they'd be spending on the tampons. They want to take that money, go down with their girlfriends to a Chili's on a Friday night, get really, really, really drunk off margaritas or white Zinfandel, That's where they want to spend their money, not on tampons. This is not the Menstrual Equity for All Act of 2021. This is the How Do I Get Free Tampons Act of 2021. That's all this bill is. And those poor trans, poor non-binary folk getting roped in so the women can come into the men's room, into the boys' room, steal their tampons anyway. They're still not going to have any tampons at the end of the day because even if they need one, the women have already come in. Those dispensers are long since emptied. Poor transgender, poor non-binary. Ah, crap. Now I got to go down to the Walgreens, get myself a tampon. These women selling this crap so they can get more free tampons. Can't even bother to leave me one just in case. So you women out there in California, enjoy your free tampons. I would just embrace being cheap. We don't want to pay for it anymore. We're going to make the taxpayers of California pay for our tampons. Let's face it, folks. Who wants to tell a woman who needs a tampon? No. That's what I thought. And for our last news headline, ah, man, I have been dreading, dreading, dreading this story. But this is from Pink News. Those girls over at Pink News. Asexual gamers explain why representation in games is so vitally important. And get this quote, folks. 
I'm not broken for once. So we're going to break this up into two parts. First part, let's go ahead and deal with the asexual thing first. If you're out there going, Miller, Miller, what's an asexual? All these different choices. I'm confused. Folks, welcome to my world. Welcome to my world. And I got a podcast where I got to keep up with this kind of stuff. But an asexual is a lack of sexual attraction to others or a low interest in sexual activity. And yes, folks, this is where I have to apologize for calling bisexuals the laziest members of our tribe. And why have I been calling bisexuals the laziest members of our tribe? Because, folks, a bisexual has no standards. They will do anyone. That is why a bisexual is lazy. But if you want to talk lazy, nothing is lazier than an asexual. A lazy bisexual, they'll do anyone, right? But an asexual, they will do nobody. That, that takes the cake, the lazy cake, bar none. I can't really call bisexuals the laziest members of the tribe when there's another group, asexuals, who won't do anyone. So to all you bisexuals out there, who's the ginger again, white boy Malcolm X? Larry Saperstein. Thank you. Larry. Ronan. I'll throw Michaela in here, even though she's a pansexual, a snooty bisexual. I'll throw her in as well. You folks and any other bisexuals out there that I called lazy, I apologize. I humbly, humbly, humbly apologize for calling you a lazy bisexual. In fact, now that I think about it, if you're doing everyone, yes, it's kind of lazy in a way. There are no standards there. You'll just do anyone. But that does show a lot of initiative. I mean, if you're banging everyone, man, you have got to have a lot of stamina. That's probably why, White by Malcolm X, all these kids, all these celebrity kids, they're bisexuals when they're young. They've got the energy. Ronan Rubenstein can bang his girlfriend at home, go out, get banged by half of L.A., allegedly, supposedly, possibly, baby. Got to throw that qualifier in there, folks. That must take a lot of energy. That kid is a stallion if he's doing that. There's nothing lazy about that if he's doing all that. Allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe. But in any case, you bisexuals out there, again, I apologize for calling you lazy. You are not the laziest members of our tribe. Not even close if an asexual will do nobody. And on top of that, they may or may not even think about it at all. That is how lazy a lazy asexual is. So there, that's the apology. Was that sincere, White Boy Macamex? Did I come on this podcast and do a sincere apology in your eyes? Do you hear the sincerity in my voice, the remorse in my voice for calling bisexuals the laziest members of our tribe? The epitome of grace. <laughs> thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. I meant it, folks. I truly meant it. Now, I may slip up from time to time, so I am going to apologize for that as well. If I call you a lazy bisexual in the future, I don't really mean it. I'll try to correct it, and then I'll apologize again. But we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. So let's focus on this game. Whenever I think of a gamer, folks, I think of virgin pajama boys living in their parents' basement, eyeing up that sex on the corner, playing with themselves, their Pokemon cards, their Playstations, masturbating to Marvel films, freaking out the parents, freaking out the neighbors. That is what I think about. But an asexual, the laziest, really, truly, folks, the laziest members of our tribe, they don't actually fit that stereotype. Yes. Odds are, especially if they're not into sex, they're virgin pajama boys. With that one, I think I'm pretty spot on. They could still be eyeing up that sex doll in the corner. That thing is probably still in the box or the wrapper. 
however a sex doll gets to someone's house. I don't know, folks. I don't have a sex doll. Never have, never will. I have absolutely zero idea how they're delivered. I don't know if there's a setup involved. (laughs) Man, that just kind of creeps me out just thinking about it. But they can still eye up that sex doll in the corner. Not that they're ever going to touch her, but they can still eye her up. Probably not playing with themselves or masturbating to Marvel films. Definitely playing with the Pokemon cards and the Playstations, though. Most definitely freaking out the parents, freaking out the neighbors. No, 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 White Bum I don't think they're playing with themselves much. If there's a lack of sexual attraction, I can see, not that I know an asexual to base this off of, but I can see a lazy asexual thinking about masturbating and going, meh, I'm not even attracted to myself. I could be wrong, but I bet you probably more right than either of us know. So anyway, folks, Obsidian, I assume that's a software company. They have a space RPG. That is a role-playing game for all you non-nerds out there. They have a space RPG called The Outer Worlds. In that game, folks, they have what they call ace representation. Now that's lazy, as a random aside. That's lazy. They don't even call it asexual representation. They're so lazy, folks, they whittled it down to just ace. Ace representation. And since this game has an ace character, and no, folks, I have absolutely no idea how you would know a cartoon character is asexual. I assume it's because they'll do nobody, but I don't know. Maybe they got like a, well, they've got a flag for everything else. Maybe they've got a ace flag out there. That's what's in the game, triggering all these asexual kids out there to rave about this game because it's got ace representation. I, I probably shouldn't say this, but I'm going to do it anyway. It is as it is. I cannot imagine needing a video game to validate my self-worth as a human being. Are people, this is kind of rhetorical, Wipomechamexa. You don't actually have to answer this question, sir, but are people that fragile that they need a video game to make them feel, I don't know, I don't know what they feel when they see ace representation pop out there in a game. I guess it makes them feel better. I mean, there is a quote right there in the headline, I'm not broken for once. People are literally feeling like they're broken and having an ace character in this game makes them not feel that way. I told you, sir, that was rhetorical. God, of course, of course, it's millennials, Gen Z out there. That's exactly, that is exactly who that is. You want to talk about fragile, you're talking about millennials, Gen Z. Those kids, like very old, very thin glass. They will shatter like that. I don't know. It just, it floors me that people are like that. I kind of feel bad about it in a way. I know I give people grief on this podcast. That is just what I do. But I I do feel bad that people feel so low about themselves, have such low self-esteem that to see themselves quote unquote represented in a game makes them feel, oh, I feel better about myself. I'm just... I'm not like that. I do not need a video game or anything for that matter to make myself like myself, feel better about myself, feel validated as a human. On top of which, let's just be frank amongst all of us here on this podcast. Even if I felt that bad, even if my self-esteem were in the toilet, maybe it's not even in the toilet. It's even lower than that. It's like down in the sewer, something like that. Even if it were down there, I am not going to get game representation anytime soon that I know of. Not that I play video games, but I would not get any representation to feel better about myself. Let's face it, folks. I would be waiting for a really, really, really long time for gamer representation if I were looking for a middle-aged white queen who's gay obese. 
And no, folks, I am not saying I am gay and obese. I'm saying I'm gay obese. You queens know what I'm talking about out there. Gay obese, folks. That's like straight dad bod. Would you say that's correct, White by Michael Max? Well, you don't have to make fun of me about it. <laughs> that's what I mean, though, folks, when I say gay obese. Another example of that is like straight thin. You see a guy out there and he's straight and he's thin. You're like, oh, that guy is thin. If that guy were a queen, the other queens would be like, oh, he's kind of chubby. That's what I'm talking about, folks. Gay obese, not really obese, but it is kind of sort of in the gay community. So you asexual kids out there, you lazy asexual kids out there, buckle up out there, kids. It is not so bad. I hate the fact that you've got that low self-esteem. I don't want to see you kids down, so I'll try not to pick on you too much. I will, I will try my best not to call you the laziest members of our tribe, even if between you and me, you are. That's just a fact. You got to embrace it. So on that note, since I cannot top lazy asexuals finding self-worth, finding validation in video games, as well as not being able to top apologizing to the bisexual community for calling them the laziest members of our tribe, since I cannot top either of those, it is time to plug pull this podcast. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on this Wednesday midweek podcast of the Miller Frost Show. I am your host, Miller Frost, joined, as always, by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. Have a great rest of your week, a great start to your weekend, and we will see you back here in a couple of days. In the meantime, take care. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Wait a minute! I've heard that before. That's the note Jeremy wrote to me in my yearbook in the sixth grade. How'd you even know that? Because it's from Geico. Yeah. Yeah. Wait. Here it is. Dear Luke, have a great summer. P.S. Fifteen minutes could save you fifteen percent or more. Love, Jeremy. Geico's had this tagline for years because we help save people money. So wait, you're saying Jeremy copied you? <laughs> yeah, that actually does sound like something the J-Man would do. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.